Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Fold, and I'm here to get you caught up quickly. I've got some top news stories for you today from Israel, and guess what? You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Thursday, January 11th, 2024, in the Gregorian calendar, and the first of Shvat, 5784 in the Hebrew calendar. Chodesh Tov, happy new month to you all. The Jews are celebrating a new month. At the end of the show, we'll have a Torah thought for you to send you off into the weekend. Now, let's get to the news. The International Court of Justice, also called the ICJ in The Hague, has officially today opened hearings initiated by South Africa against Israel, accusing Israel of genocide against Palestinians during the ongoing conflict in Gaza. South Africa is requesting an immediate suspension of Israel's military offensive in Gaza, and the hearing is expected to last for two days. So that's today and tomorrow, Thursday and Friday. I've heard that Israel's defense attorney, Professor Malcolm Shaw KC, is a leading expert on territorial disputes and focuses on the law of genocide. He hails from the United Kingdom. Pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian groups held rival solidarity rallies outside the ICJ, with both the U.S. and Germany stating that there is no basis for these charges against Israel, and many people are calling it a libel, meaning that it's baseless and that it's intentional anti-Semitism in this case. Israel has sent a strong legal team to defend its military operations. The ICJ has never judged a country to be responsible for genocide, and a decision on an interim order is expected to come out in the next few weeks. The closest a court ever got to a genocide ruling was Serbia in 2007 when it ruled that Serbia violated the obligation to prevent genocide in July of 1995 when more than 8,000 Muslim men and boys in Bosnia were murdered. Wednesday night, so one night before the court case, the Prime Minister of Israel, Mr. Bibi Netanyahu, posted a video on social media. I want to make a few points absolutely clear. Israel has no intention of permanently occupying Gaza or displacing its civilian population. Israel is fighting Hamas terrorists not the Palestinian population. And we are doing so in full compliance with international law. The IDF is doing its utmost to minimize civilian casualties, while Hamas is doing its utmost to maximize them by using Palestinian civilians as human shields. The IDF urges Palestinian civilians to leave war zones by disseminating leaflets, making phone calls, providing safe passage corridors, while Hamas prevents Palestinians from leaving at gunpoint and often with gunfire. Our goal is to rid Gaza of Hamas terrorists and free our hostages. Once this is achieved, Gaza can be demilitarized and de-radicalized, thereby creating a possibility for a better future for Israel and Palestinians alike. There was, however, according to a Likud party senior official, a time where apparently Netanyahu had supported the idea of resettling Palestinians outside of Gaza. I remember that too. However, I understood it to be a temporary solution for war while the IDF went into Gaza to remove Hamas. 
Now, on the side of this international court case is also some Dutch news. Companies in the Netherlands, where the court case is taking place today and tomorrow, reportedly refused to publish billboards showing pictures of Israeli hostages held by Hamas. They were supposed to run an ad campaign ahead of the genocide trial at the international court, and these images of hostages were supposed to be everywhere. But Israel's National Public Diplomacy Directorate, which aimed to raise awareness for the release of the Hamas hostages before the trial, were denied. The billboards displaying abducted Israelis and stating that they can't testify at the Hague trial because they are held hostage were rejected by more than 10 companies the refusal is being considered an affront to freedom of expression. However, I did see some of those hostage posters make it through, but 10 companies forbade it, and that whole ad campaign basically went out the window. Several homes in Kiryat Shmona, a town along the Israel-Lebanon border, were damaged from 10 incoming rockets fired out of Lebanon today. The Israeli army identified approximately a dozen rockets or more in the barrage, with three of them being intercepted. The IDF then attacked Hezbollah military structures and retaliated against the rocket launches with artillery fire. A 14-year-old girl from East Jerusalem has been arrested for planning a terror attack. She even left her family a note telling them she was going to die during the attack. Police discovered some documents that she wrote and signed left by a Jewish home in the old city where she pledged to become a martyr and a supporter of Hamas. The girl carrying photos of Palestinian terrorists on her was found by surveillance footage along with her paper trail which she left outside of this Jewish family's home. During her interrogation she admitted to planning a terror attack. The investigation shows her father was killed last year while carrying out an attack himself in the West Bank that injured a number of Israeli security forces. Authorities extended her bail emphasizing continued efforts to combat terrorism amid rising tensions. Since October 7th, more than 2,600 Palestinians wanted by the state of Israel have been arrested. 1,300 are thought to be affiliated with Hamas. 300 Palestinians in the West Bank have been killed since October 7th. That last statistic is according to the Palestinian Authority Health Ministry. Again, this terror attack that was foiled was supposed to be conducted by a 14-year-old girl. Families of Israelis held hostage by Hamas terrorists went up to the Gaza border today, so that's Thursday, and used loudspeakers to send messages to their loved ones. They hoped that their loved ones just might be able to hear their voices and hear their calls. Mia Shem, for example, a hostage who was freed, spoke about seeing her mother on television while she was in Hamas captivity. The initiative was part of a series of events planned as the hostages approach 100 days in captivity this coming weekend. Relatives took turns speaking over the giant sound system, expressing love, support, and hope for the return of their family members. Israeli officials are reportedly reviewing a Qatari proposal for a hostage release deal and ceasefire, including apparently the exile of Hamas leaders, as well as an IDF withdrawal from the Strip. 
Hamas, in response, is said to demand the release of Palestinian prisoners and continued governance in Gaza. Yuval Arad, the daughter of missing Israeli Air Force soldier Ron Arad, is speaking out about her father. He disappeared in Lebanon in 1986. In a Facebook post, she emphasized the need for negotiations and difficult decisions to bring the hostages home, comparing the experiences of both families and urging leaders to learn from history. Ron Arad, a navigator in the Israeli Air Force, is presumed to have been captured by Lebanese political party Amal, which was who were then later handed over to Hezbollah in 1986. News is out that last month, two people from East Jerusalem were arrested for apparently being affiliated with ISIS. The suspects, influenced by the Islamic State ideology, planned to create explosive devices and target Israeli security forces. The investigation uncovered their collection of jihadist materials and revealed their intent to carry out a terror attack. One of the terrorist phones contained pedophilic Material leading to a separate investigation. The Shin Bet and Jerusalem District Court have compiled substantial evidence against the two, and an indictment is expected in the Jerusalem District Court. I want to thank all of you for your interest in Israeli affairs. Israeli politics are world politics. And I also want to thank all of you who personally finance and fund the Israel Daily News podcast with monthly contributions. You can support us by going over to anchor.fm backslash Israel Daily News. You can contribute whatever feels good for you. Listener support is literally what helps me continue down this road of independent journalism so that I can do the work the way that I think that the work is supposed to be done. And I want to thank all of you for your words of affirmation. I have a lot of them in my DMs on Instagram. Big words of support. And I love those. And I love to hear where you're listening from as well. Today, I got messages from someone in Germany. I got messages from other parts of Europe of people telling me that they are connected to Israel and connected to the Jewish people through the Israel Daily News podcast. I love those messages. If you would like to make a one-time contribution to my special wartime coverage, which I take very seriously. You can just type my name into Google, Shanna Fold, and GoFundMe, and you'll find it right away. Or you can go to GoFundMe.com backslash Shanna Fold. I want to thank our latest subscribers. Karen Schnilkuth, one anonymous person who didn't want to be named, Justin Skaggs, Della Wilson, and Eileen Fleming for your recent contributions to our special wartime coverage. If you've heard your name or you're an anonymous donor, send me an email with your mailing address, and I am going to send you a personalized thank you note handwritten from me to you to say thank you so much and to show my appreciation. And don't forget, my name has two N's in it. So I need you to know that I'm very sensitive about that. And I want you to be able to find me on social media and on the Internet. The International Ice Hockey Federation has barred Israel from participating in its world championship events due to reportedly security concerns, specifically mentioning the need to ensure the safety and well-being of participants, including Israelis. The decision made by the International Hockey Council did not specify if any country objected to playing against Israel and did not reference the Israel-Hamas conflict. Israel's exclusion is stated to be in effect for the time being. 
The IIHF has used language like this in the past, specifically to talk about security and safety when suspending Russia and Belarus from competition after the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The chairman of Israel Olympic Committee says, quote, unfortunately, we are witnessing a precedent setting and dangerous decision with a strong undercurrent of anti-Semitism disguised under the pretext of athlete safety. The International Hockey Council says they did a risk assessment and decided that from their findings, they had to make this choice. Jewish students are suing Harvard University, alleging that the campus has become a hotbed of anti-Semitism. In the complaint filed, the students accuse Harvard of selectively enforcing anti-discrimination policies, neglecting to protect Jewish students from harassment and hiring professors who support anti-Jewish violence. The lawsuit claims Harvard violated federal civil rights laws. The filing comes after Harvard President Claudine Gay resigned amid criticism of her handling of anti-Semitic incidents following an attack on Israel by Hamas, as we know, as having taken place on October 7th. Lawsuits like this one have been filed against other universities, including New York University, also known as NYU, and the University of California, Berkeley. Students at Harvard testified that one Israeli student was harassed so badly that he could not leave his dorm room. Harvard has not yet responded to these allegations. A mass prayer event happened today at the Western Wall, also known as the Kotel in Hebrew, in Jerusalem, where thousands gathered for the release of Israeli hostages held by Hamas in Gaza and called for a victory over Hamas specifically over Hamas. The event, led by the chief rabbis of Israel, had a mix of secular and religious participants, including families of hostages. The prayer had a more religious tone compared to secular rallies that take place around Tel Aviv. The ceremony had an emotional atmosphere with prayers, poems, and calls for divine intervention. And now for a Torah thought from Sunni Oswego's Rabbi Yossi Madvig, who speaks to us from Oswego, New York. We now begin the exodus of Egypt with the plagues and everything like that. And the exodus of Egypt is really about something much deeper than just leaving a country. The word in Hebrew for Egypt is Mitzrayim, which is related to the word Mitzorim, which means limits, boundaries, borders. And so the exodus of Egypt is, in a, on a personal level, the departure of your own limits and boundaries. And beyond that, Hasidic philosophy tells us that we have to free ourselves from the limits and boundaries of the material world itself. Now, there's a difference between these two spiritual ideas. The personal exodus of Egypt that happens in the usual sense involves shattering breaking, abandoning the constraints of worldliness. And that's why it says that the Jews left Egypt. They ran away. They got out of there. However, when it comes to the personal spiritual exodus of Egypt in the Hasidic sense, it's not about shattering and abandoning the world, but about refining and rectifying the world. Tikkun olam, which is liberating yourself from the boundaries of the world, but still remaining in the world. In other words, while you're being involved in this world, 
you have to constantly aspire to go outside of it and be, go beyond it. You have to remove the confinements and the restraints and perceive the truth, which is that the world itself is good. And this perception can be attained through the avodah, the spiritual service that we've been talking about the last few weeks, as prescribed by Hasidic philosophy. So we have to look at our existence from the perspective of rising above the world, but not to the point where we lose contact with it. Rather, we should be living within the world and seeing its day-to-day realities as expressions of godliness. As the Hasidic saying expresses it in Yiddish, a tefach from Welt. We have to be just a handbreadth above the world. Shabbat Shalom. All right. Well, that is it for today's show. Today is Thursday, January 11th, 2023. Tel Aviv has a low of 13 degrees Celsius and a high of 21 degrees. That's 59 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 65 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. The Israel Weekly News Wrap is a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. And of course, it has a personal note from me at the top where I tell about what I'm working on. I talk about how I'm feeling. You can sign up for that at IsraelDaily.News. A big thank you goes out to our social media director, Michelle Milner. I'm going to send you off with a song called Acumen by Erica Kral. It's an electronic music song with clips from Ben Gurion's Independence Day speech enjoy this song and have a great and productive day and an excellent weekend shabbat shalom everyone